Are you ready to take control of your life? Overcome the obstacles that have been holding you back. I'm Dr. D and welcome to Quitting is Not an Option, a podcast that inspires and empowers you to reinvent your past and revolutionize your future. I know what it feels like to be held back by past failures and setbacks as I myself lost a multi-million dollar business, home, investments, and marriage due to the bad acts of a CFO. But I rose from the ashes and recreated a new life. And now I am an accomplished author, gifted speaker, consultant, and life coach. And each episode will cover tips and strategies to overcome adversity, overcome fear, and feelings of failure. We also have experts and special guests who share their inspiring experiences to support you every step of the way. Together, we can help you find joy in your journey while positioning you towards success. Let's get started. Welcome back, P-Fam, to part two of our amazing session on breathology. Joining us is Miss Ayo Handy Kendi for part two. Welcome, Miss Kendi. Saints, we give thanks and praise and praise and thanks again to be able to come before you and speak to your audience throughout the day. Well, we're excited to have you. So thank you for coming back. Yes, ma'am. I would like to dive right into the impact that trauma has on an individual and how we can help them through breathology. Uh, You give such great questions. (laughs) Um, And it's, um, I'm going to again try to be as brief as possible, um, trauma is that level of emotion that goes really within the depths of our spirit, our consciousness. It changes our physicality uh, because of the emotional uh, depth of the feeling, the, uh, the way in which Again, the brain manages the feelings of trauma, fear, doubt, anxiety, confusion that comes all from trauma. And so my recent studies uh, have led me to see how really debilitating trauma really is. It's, again, not just like stress. I feel stress or that I feel I've been traumatized. Those are the words we tend to use in relationship to these things that have happened to us that we didn't have any control over. But trauma takes us on a real deep, deep path that needs sincere healing. The one impact that I found that I found out by recognizing as I talked in our last uh, broadcast, something I felt was wrong with me. And by by that feeling that something 
is out of place showed up as depression. I felt angry all the time and didn't know what I was angry about. I felt numb and stuck as if uh, my body was not willing to allow itself to feel easily. And so instead there was a tension constantly within me and I held my shoulders tighter, held my breath a lot as if the fear of something that I wasn't even sure of was attacking me all the time. And my studies about me and then studies with clients who were beginning to come to me, I, I was on many radio shows and TV shows talking about the fact about stress and trauma and its impact on people of African descent. And I saw that a whole lot of trauma has been passed down intergenerationally. The sense of collective trauma that was never ever addressed of us being people uh, taken out of our motherland continent and just taken all over the world against our will and not just taken, but taken on every physical level that was ugly and abusive and created great, great trauma in men and women, women and men and children that embased the actual cellular structure that alters the development of the individual's emotional psyche and then collective psyche. So my work led me to find that in places where uh, in the current communities that we live in, the urban communities where there's a lot of gun violence, that children's brains were actually showing the effects of the trauma of people shooting guns and shooting into their homes and the arguing and the fighting that was excessive, and that their brain, their, their scores were lower than the average and that the brain development was stunted due to the trauma around them. So this is, yeah, trauma's deep. Trauma's I'm, I'm, all, I'm totally amazed at the impact, the negative impact of trauma. When, you're, when we go back to being taken away from the motherland and being shipped to a whole nother country and not to mention the conditions that the shipping uh, positioned us to be in. But when you think about that level of trauma, I can understand Ms. Handy, it, uh, Ms. Kendi, as it uh, impacted the people that were directly involved. But the thing that gets me is that the generations, the downline, that level of trauma has just as much of an impact as it did on the person who actually went through. That's the, that's the, that's the depth of the terrible, terrible consequences of trauma that's not addressed. It's the altering of the brain waves, it's altering of the chemical or the um what they say the physicality mm -hmm. about the strings uh 
stunted growth, stunted mental development, stunted uh, uh, expression of, of feeling this sense of joy and aliveness. So uh, chronic depression, chronic stress, uh, and then all of those maladies show up, of course, physically. All these emotional stuff show up physically. And so I speak oftentimes about how uh, people who was oppressed, beat up, murdered, raped, uh, dragged, you know, uh, kept in uh, shifts for months and months without, you know, the right amount of food, without the right amount of sunlight, how that collective trauma has been passed down, not really totally addressed. The thought is that we ourselves just hold on to the energy of it. And mm -hmm. so you know, we didn't kick, we couldn't scream, we weren't even allowed, many of us cry. And so all of that pain and anger has altered generations, passing it on and on, altering even to the point of the DNA cellular makeup of still showing effects of that. And then you come into the current modality of where we are today, and it's still people shooting guns in communities and people screaming and fighting and uh, families, I mean, total family, all kinds of confusion and lots and lots of our families because they also have stuff from the earliest beginning of some of our children They've heard their fathers and mothers scream and shout and call each other out their names in the womb. The, mm -hmm. the very, the, the anger of the mother being traumatized has crossed over to children and there are actual camera images of children in the womb sucking onto their thumbs, trembling in pain, fear, and doubt as the documentation has shown how parents had had this long history throughout their whole uh, uh, being carried in the womb. And what, did that, what happens when they come out, they're still bringing forth that uh, energy of their nervous system being totally altered and affected. So for me, I, I, I was just like fascinated. I said, oh boy, I, you know, I, I got to study me to be able to help some of the people who was coming to me. And because I love culture and history, I've been to Benin, I've been to uh, Liberia, I've been to, um, um, uh, a couple of times to uh, Benin. Uh, I was asked to come to Benin to be part of uh, walking the enslaved trade uh, by the president uh, Kirkpoo because he wanted to apologize to African-Americans for their, uh, the Benin uh, uh, hierarchy, ancient folks who was duplicit in the enslavement of their own people. So I was asked to do that because I, there had been the knowledge that I've worked with Brett and that it was a verbal apology, but it was incumbent on my feeling <laughs> that we needed to clear the cellular, the deep, deep entrenched selective energy. And so when we went actually to the Atlantic and what is called the gate of return that the president had created for this big festival to bring people back so he could apologize to them. 
in that process, again, I've been doing black love ceremonies with apology and what have you. So in that process, we poured libations in honor of the millions who didn't make it. Wow. We poured libations for those who decided that they wasn't going to come, and so they jumped overboard. We poured libations for the millions and millions who uh, were so beat up and so frail that they just couldn't withstand the voyage. And then we pour libations for all of those who were the strongest of the strong, who were able to somehow or another make the decision, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this, I'm going to get here, or somehow or another they, by, you know, divine order, they made it here, okay? And we as West African people, many of the African Americans in this country, we are the descendants of many of those West African people who did make the strongest of the strong who was able to make it. And so it became all tied in as to here we hold on to this collective trauma because we didn't get to scream, kick and cry and push all that out. We're still passing it on. We're still fighting amongst ourselves in the degree that, you know, is still very uncomfortable. We've come a long way, but there's still a lot of pain within our community and how is showing up the disproportionate amount of people in our community with high blood pressure and heart diseases and stroke and cancer and on and on and on. So that's how I began to tie in my own sense of depression, what's wrong with me to the larger sense of what had happened to me. And I discovered what really had happened to me is that I also had been traumatized as a little girl and that my dad was touching me inappropriately from about age eight to about age 12 and how that had affected me being and me being feeling stuck in my body and me doing things that, you know, I knew it wasn't appropriate but yet, you know, drinking and drugging and then just going out on stages and telling everybody how they need to breathe, how they need to take care of this stuff. And then going back in the room and, you know, and just feeling like, oh my God, I gotta, I gotta numb this feeling down. After about age 45, I was able to address it with a particular breath technique that pulled up the cellular memory of the trauma, the pain, the anger, the depression. And I was able to release. I was able to cry and kick. I actually saw images of me fighting my father. And they were as real as if they were actually happening. And that's what the breath allows us to do. It works with the prefrontal cortex of the brain where stored memory is. And I remember at that session when I was carrying on in the, in the facility, said, what happened to you? Who are you fighting? And I said, I see who I'm fighting. After about the third or fourth session, I said, I see I'm fighting my father. And I said, I thought he had just abused me verbally, but I see he had physically abused me. And now all of this tying in of all this pain and trauma, people of African descent became very clear to me. And I said, you know what? I need to start breath movement because mm -hmm. my people suffered because of pain and trauma. Well, guess what? The movement that you started 
is very much appreciated. We appreciate you. We appreciate your being, allowing yourself to be um, the, the actual nugget, the situation, okay? Um, the person who would put themselves out there totally exposed to the point that one, you learned about breathology, two, uh, you're practicing it, three, you're sharing it, or you're still suffering with the alcohol and the drugs and all of that because you're not there yet. But quitting was not an option for you and you pushed through the burn and you're here now to share how we can all get beyond this because there are many, numerous problems within our community, too numerous to even count. And, and you mentioned some of them, but it's far deeper than that because we got some situations. And when we go back and we look at right now, racism is still you know, alive and well. When we look at uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, you know, trying to be overturned when we look at the things that we go through day after day after day, not to mention the gun violence and how we are attacking our own, but we're, we're reacting and we have no control because of the pain, the anxiety, the agony, the defeat that has given us not I would say not a fair chance. So here we are. But thank God we have Miss Ayo Handy Kendi. And we have breathology. So please tell us how breathology gets to the cellular level, how it impacts the physicality, how it is there to bring us out to allow us to overcome these negative um, physical impacts and mental and psychological impacts that we're dealing with right now. How does breathology do that? Um, before I go into that, I just want to say that one thing that my study led me that uh, six out of 10 women who were alcoholics, addicted to substances, uh, and then caught up in domestic violence. They found out that they had had early trauma. Mm -hmm. And they discovered it either through some kind of long-range talk therapy. Um, and talk therapy may get you there. But the subconscious absorbing all of these things that the we talked about the brainstem the other day huh? shutting down the breath so we don't feel the pain so that the body can survive this onslaught of all this overwhelming pain and trauma and anxiety and on and on and so once you began to use a particular breath technique and this breath technique is called a conscious connected breath so I was trained in that after having several conscious connected breath techniques 
that helped to uncover the frozen state of all of those packed emotions stuck within my own cellular being. The actual breath technique, it's, I liken it to the thought that this increase of oxygen rapidly going in and out of the cell, in and out, in and out, in and out, it begins to uh, almost like thaw out the painful blocks that form of this emotional uh, overwhelming. It thaws it and makes it fluid again. It opens it up. It allows the oxygen as if it just flows through it and um, lifts it up and pushes it out of your system as if you're taking a detoxification, okay? And after being detoxed of all this toxic emotional waste, then that space again that has been filled with all these moments, years for, in my case, over 45 some years, even though I was doing other types of breath techniques, it was calming my nervous system down more often than not around stress, but it had not quite totally unfrozen those heavy blocks of emotional stuff. And that stuff is what begins to turn into cancer. That's the stuff that begins to turn into these heavy, heavy heart issues and stroke issues where without proper oxygen moving in and out of the body, that stuff just stays in and hardens and turns into polyps, turns into lumps, it turns into uh, inflammation, excessive inflammation, on and on and on. All of the maladies of the physical sicknesses we see begin from these emotional sicknesses of this toxic waste. So when we do this particular breath technique, I studied it. I was trained in it in 1996 after um, taking the sessions that I took uh, that helped me to uncover my own trauma. I was very serious about, I'm going to start a breath move. So mm -hmm. I went through people who were able to open that door for me. I certified in it. I'm a certified transformational breath facilitator, one of the few in 1996 all the way until now who've been able to offer this particular type of service. Now, the challenge, Dr. D, is that we had some other folks that, you know, they were all going through their own trauma, Europeans primarily. They were also discovering this uh, transformative type of breathing technique. And so during the 70s, people like Leonard Orr and Sandra Ray and uh, a number of other folks, they were experimenting and finding that these ancient breath techniques could literally go within and remove the blocks of subconscious pain. And so, yeah, most of the people that I started studying with, they didn't look like me. Mm -hmm. I killed a whole lot. Then I was kind of confronted because one of the people said, well, you know, uh, I see you're positioning yourself. I was on a TV program and I said, you know, I'm a certified transformational breath facilitator. And, and one of the people said, oh, well, wait a minute, I didn't train you. And I said, no, you didn't train me. 
other people trained me, and it turned out there were people that were connected with this particular uh, leader in the breath movement world. And so she kind of challenged me, and I said, okay, well, wait a minute. I, I got certified about eight years before you even was even introducing this concept. And so, you know, there was a trademark that she presented to me that she had done. It. And so, you know, sometimes when the creator confronts you with issues that you have to shift and change, I said, you know, ma'am, I don't have the ability to fight you on the legal front with this. It's going to be costly. I said, you know, I'm going to go back and look at my own social roots because I know this is an ancient. This breath technique is not just what you all discovered in the early 70s. Been kind of, you know, playing around with y'all been, y'all been lifting it up, y'all been massaging it. But I went back way back and I started looking at how people of African descent, how they were using breath techniques, how they would move with their breath techniques. It wouldn't just sit all placid, like, you know, the Buddhist monk sits in, in meditation, right? Mm. You go within. But my people, our people, no, they move and they dance and they scream and they shout and they throw their hands all up and they rail around. And I said, oh, yeah, that's release. And so I started a whole new form of using that same concept of a connected breath, no pause in between, called conscious connected breathing. Uh, and I began to apply some more African-centered concepts mm -hmm. of this work. And that shifted the whole thing. I gave it a whole new name and I called it Transcendence Breathwork. And the lawsuit had to just be, you know, just disappear. <laughs> and I've been working with Transcend Transcendence Breathwork since 2004. And I have a whole caseload, maybe a, a thousand or more uh, folks that I've been able to offer this as a modality. Three good sessions. Each session, one session, 45 minutes is equal to two and a half years of talk therapy, right? You be Absolutely. You don't, you, don't, you know, the mind just flows in the recesses of, 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 of things long held in the emotional mind. And now they just begin to seem like they just open up and resurface. And it's amazing work. Every single session can be different with the same person as the releases can go all the way back, not only to childhood, pre-childhood, but also even back to ancestral and collective memory of our forefathers. We've had people who will actually talk about, wow, I saw myself, you know, way and, and had on different clothes. And the, 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 it's, it's, it's powerful work. That's all I can say. Allow me to, to restate now. You're yeah. saying this powerful work is three sessions. I, I suggest people start in the basic three. The first session is primarily about allowing the body to de-stress. Okay. It's a big part of holding on to all this tension. It takes a tremendous amount of tension to hold painful, traumatic, angry, all these emotional heavies 
It takes a lot of tension to hold mm-hmm. that. To do that, right. So we just do a basic uh, relearn how to breathe kind of concept because also, you know, dysfunctional breathing is like is nine out of ten of us is already holding the breath. So we're creating more tension in the body, holding the breath. So I, I start off with helping people relearn how to breathe. We go through that session. That's about 45 minutes. Okay. Now the nervous system begins the unraveling process. It begins to calm itself down somewhat. Second session, we kind of go right back there. We go back into helping the cellular memory now to get a little taste or tease of what it is that when you begin to kind of pull that cellular memory, pull some of that toxic stuff, these blocks of uh, unconsciousness, begin to pull it out. And so we begin to introduce perhaps just a taste of the conscious connected breathing, okay? Uh, but we kind of stay still with relearn how to breathe. We kind of keep people mm-hmm. relaxing. The third session in my trilogy, that's what I call it. Okay. The third session in the trilogy, um, I'm also a Reiki uh, master, I'm Reiki three. And so we have to redefine the body through bringing in the Reiki life force, because that's what Reiki is, is bringing in the spiritual life force. And, and we begin to help the body system begin to integrate this new sense of all this new oxygen now is beginning to absorb now, you know. Now we're really breathing fully and consciously, and now stuff is kind of beginning to loosen up and come up on its own without, <laughs> you know, a facilitator. So I, I, I tell my clients, I say, you know, hey, listen, after this session, don't be surprised if for the next two or three days there's some uh, some emotional stuff, some baggage may still be coming up. So, you know, now the third session, we're trying to integrate and help the body to be able to not get so overwhelmed with all this all this painful memories. And uh, we tell people, don't jump out and quit your job. Don't jump up and break up with the husband who's been abusing you. You know, slow down. Take it easy, right? Because... So- stuff be coming up like that. So, but I usually take uh, three to six to nine sessions, or Sister Doctor D, as many as they as you can. So, so how is it released? Is it is it just release uh, release via emotions? Can it be released uh, in in some form of uh, perspiration or release in yes. urine uh, and feet? All, all, all of that. All of that, right. So this might be a perfect time for demonstration. Yes, let's do it. Let's let's do it. Okay, so because a lot of times it's hard to even explain this this concept. It's so so amazing still. And and I try to do the best I can to explain it. So we're going to ask you and your uh, listening audience to trust this process, okay? okay? I have actually shared this process with millions of people over radio and TV. In print, I've talked about it, I've written about it. So I want everyone to start off with checking their breathing first, okay? I want you to take the thumb and place it right on your belly button. 
And I want you to take the other four fingers and rest them flat just below your belly button. I would say, I like to say this, it's like you're loving and hugging your belly, okay? Flat, now, no balled up fist, but just really flat. That's the lower of your belly. I want you to take the opposite hand and I want you to put it here at heart level, right in the middle of your chest right where you can feel your heartbeat. And I want to ask you to close your eyes because I do want you to focus on your breathing. I want you to just listen to the sound of my voice. And I want you to allow yourself to lay, have your feet flat on the floor or on the ground, wherever you are. If you're driving, do not do this, okay? Pull over, okay? Because you can get very, very relaxed. This particular breathing, as it starts to relax the nervous system, is essentially designed to start the unraveling process of all that we may have held and begin a release process. So we're sitting straight up in the chair and we begin to breathe in through the nose and we open the mouth gently and we release. We try to put the mouth as an oval like a thumb. We don't puff up the lips like we're blowing the breath out. Right. We just open the mouth and just let it flow out. As we inhale and we relax the belly. We soften it. If it feels tight and hard, that's okay. Many of us have been holding our bellies really tight and constricted as a reaction to all of our stresses, our traumas. So now we're softening the belly. We're relaxing the shoulders. As we inhale in, we simply are allowing the belly to gently come out. As we breathe out, the belly gently goes back in towards the back of our spines. We inhale through the nose. Watch your shoulders. If it feels like your shoulders are going up and you're getting taller and lifting them up, just drop them and relax them. Let the belly do all the work, not your shoulders, not your upper chest. Inhale into this relaxed belly. It's easy to breathe. Open the mouth and gently go, ah, just as if we're sighing. We're letting go. We're beginning to release all the cares of the day, all the cares of our world. We inhale again and we gently let the belly come out. We open the mouth and we just go, ah, a simple letting go. We don't have to push. We don't have to strain. We just let go as we inhale again. Breathing through the nose. The belly coming out. Breathing into the hand on our belly and then opening the mouth and just go. Dropping the shoulders. Letting all the burdens just flow away. And now as we inhale and again, we're going to shift this breath. 
open the mouth and just again go, ah. Put a smile on your face, soften your eyes, soften around your mouth. We hold so much tension in our face. Let our face be this. And as we inhale in again on the count of three, one, two, three, hold the breath in the belly. Just hold it there. The belly is out. And now open the mouth and let the belly go way back to the back of the spine. Oh, oh, make a sound. Oh. Again, this is important for people of African descent, for vocal and verbal. Inhale again and push the belly out and open the mouth and go, oh, oh, oh. and push the belly back to the back of the spine. And inhale again and let the belly come way out. Gently, gently hold the breath in the belly. Hold it. One, two, three. Feel the breath. Oxygen build up. Open the mouth and allow the release. Shoulders dropping up. Make whatever sound comes into your beingness. Mm. Let it reflect how you feel. Inhale again. The breath is coming out, lifting the shoulders now just slightly. So some of that oxygen goes up into that shallow breathing, the breathing that shows the fear. And open the mouth, drop the shoulders and go, ah, and let the belly go way back to the back of the spine. Inhale again. Mmm. Uh-oh. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Open the mouth. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Inhale again. Breath in the belly. Pushing a gently forward. Hold it. Open the mouth again and go. And now we're going to shift the whole breath technique. We're going to inhale in, exhale out, inhale in, exhale out, inhale in, exhale out, we'll pause in between, inhale in, exhale out, inhale in. Exhale, one, inhale, in, exhale, one more, inhale, in, belly way out, holding the breath in the belly, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, open the mouth and totally let go. If we need to cry, let us cry. If we need to wail or wail, if the scream comes up, we scream. If we need to trash on the body around, we move it. Whatever our energy shares that is needed to begin to mm -hmm. feel a different way, mm -hmm. we allow it. We don't stifle it. We don't 
We don't push it away. We let whatever feelings come up as we inhale in. Oh, exhale. Inhale in. Exhale out. Inhale in. Exhale out. Let the shoulders totally relax. Sit still. Begin to come back to an easy inhale and exhale. You can now pause in between and just what, let whatever feels be. When you are ready. You will slowly begin to open your eyes. Back down. Don't come back quick. We have a minute or so. As your body integrates the oxygen that you have pushed deep into your body and deep within your cells. <laughs> It's good to breathe. It is safe to breathe. It is such a blessing to connect with the spirit, the mind, and the body, which is what our breathing does. 20,000 times a day, the breath connects spirit, mind, and body. What? An amazing exercise. It reminds me of transcendental meditation. Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I feel light and airy. Yes, right. And 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 that was all of about <laughs> might have been about three minutes if it was Is that all? Yeah, if it was three minutes. Yeah, I was trying trying to kind of tie myself to make certain that I, I, I dare not take people too deep <laughs> when I do this over the airways. I'll never forget I, I had a a broadcaster and he was saying how he's Broadcast media is so stressful and good. You're yawning. That, that's a sign that oxygen went deep into your body, right? It started pulling up some of that toxic stuff. And, and, and he, he, as he was doing uh, this exercise, all of a sudden I didn't hear him. Uh, and, 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 and I looked at him on the air and I said, sir, are you, uh, hello, hello. And he, he just like <laughs> Body was so relaxed, she just went on. <laughs> Amazing. And, yeah. I need a nap. I need a nap. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Wow. Now, yeah, you may even feel some of the tensions in your body. So just stretch, stretch, you know, put your hands up in the air, stretch, you know, uh, allow your neck to kind of roll around the neck socket. Open the mouth and you make yourself yawn. Yeah. Oh, 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 o
because that's pushing more oxygen down in those tight, constricted areas that we hold so tight in this world of racism and tension and trauma and drama and all of that. So now we just had a little mini session to kind of open and reawaken the body and actually began to start rearranging us on the cellular level. That's how quick, when I see people tell me, they start feeling this sometimes immediately. Yeah. I can feel it. I can certainly feel it. And it's exciting and I'm ready to do my session. So I, I will certainly be in touch with you to get going. But tell us, um, th this is an amazing uh, technique and I'm excited to engage in all that it has to offer all that it has to offer. So if someone is interested in connecting with you, how do they find you? Um, they want to go on the, my two websites. Um, Positive Energy Works is the site that focuses us it's with uh, culture and breath. We say culture and wellness around the breath. And um, that website is um, the three W's of course, and Positive connects with energy works. So it's one E that connects positive with energy, uh, not two E's, P-O-S-I-T-I-B-E-N-E-R-G-Y-W-O-R-K-S.com. Um, if you see, if you go on the website, you'll see me. Uh, but if you go on the website and you see a person that doesn't look like a melanated person, she has a website that has the two E's, so you know that that's not the website. Okay. Uh, I'm all over Google. I've I'm, I'm, I'm been so blessed with so much media support. So if for some reason you missed that uh, website, uh, just look up my name, I.O. Handy Kendi, A-Y-O, Handy, H-A-N-D-Y, hyphen Kendi, K-E-N-D-I. And, uh, you know, go on Google and you're going to see the work with the breath. And during the month of February, uh, the theme for Black Love Day is the founder of Black Love Day. I have integrated work with the breath in all of the rituals, all of the symbolism, all of the ceremonies. And so we invite people to be part of the broadcast on February the 13th, in which I will definitely be breathing with the world to begin to release uh, their hurts and pain. And so to get the information on how to register, uh, go to AfricanAmericanHolidays.org. AfricanAmericanHolidays, with an S on the end, dot O-R-G. We don't have the registration up immediately at this present moment if you if someone on listening on the podcast went directly to it but by the weekend i'm affirming that the webmaster has to do some tweaking with the website and uh dare say i know before february the first it will be there okay. and then since black love day is expanding to black love month i am going to be uh and the theme is breathing solutions to increase love in black families that was the vision and the download that came to me this year for our theme, that we need to see breathing techniques as a tool. It's not just um, uh, what we do for a moment. People ask me, how often should I do this? No, we should get into the practice 
of working with our breath moment to moment, all the time, uh, be in touch with the breath. And so I saw the need to really help people to identify that the, the breath techniques need to be in our toolboxes. The counselors need it. The, uh, the therapists need to be working with it. All of the physicians need to be working with breath techniques. And then we need to integrate breath techniques in our schools with our children and in parenting circles. And the mothers who are birthing their babies, are, we're doing an actual uh, breath shop in this month that will go before that we will utilize the various ways that within families and communities, the work with the breath will be able to make a difference. And, uh, It'll be a breath, breath is a breath for sexuality. So when we go back to the actual event that, uh, on AfricanAmericanHolidays.org, how long is the event? Is it uh, an hour? Is it 30 minutes? What? Oh, I appreciate that. No, it's going to be from six to nine officially, but it may go uh, it may go a little bit later than that. It may go into 10 o'clock. Okay. So this is 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. on February 13th. And that's Eastern Standard Time. Okay, great. Now, when when you talk about the five tenets, because I know we're, we're almost out of time, the five tenets of Black love, tell us what they are and what that means. Uh, every February the 13th, no matter what day, we are, were given the message that we should observe, demonstrate, offer atonement, offer more compassion, and offer more self-love, self-care as we celebrate ourselves. And the message of just utilizing 24 hours, just unapologetically being Black and feeling the essence of who we are as a people was very, very, um, it was exciting. It was a celebration. It was a holiday that was, you know, kind of stewarded. But then I was given the value system. And the value system is that you don't just do those rituals without some kind of connection. And the connection is the tenets. And so for the 24 hours, the observance of showing that love is through showing love first for the creator, for ourselves, our Black family, our Black community, and the so-called Black race. Then years, a couple of years later, we got the message that so-called white people who are actually really Black people, you know, who just shifted, that they also should show love in action. And so um, the... Expression of love just for Valentine's Day, Black Love Day, is a spiritual alternative. It's not commercial. It's, it's quite a divine opportunity that we say that, you know, if you feel so good in one day of really demonstrating love, not just give a little present, a trinket, but give your presence in those five tenets, that you would have holistically transform. And the 13 is a spiritual number of transformation. Absolutely. So just involve yourself in those tenets. And then we say we celebrate Black Love Day on February the 13th, and then we practice those tenets 
for 365 days of the year thereafter. Beautiful. And we're practicing our breathology for 365 days. Miss Ayo Handy Kendi, thank you for joining us. This has been absolutely amazing. PFAM, thank you for tuning in. Uh, I can assure you just in my taking that three-minute course today, uh, I am feeling like I need sleep now, right? I need to go and get a nap, but I am just grateful and thankful for you joining us today. I know your schedule is tight, Ms. Kendi, so thank you for coming in. Now, PFAM, I've been promising you guys a special offer, and that offer today is for your inspiration and empowerment, the Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places self-love retreat will be held at the beautiful, the amazing MGM Grand Hotel at National Harbor, Maryland. Let me tell you, before I go further, Miss Ayo Handy Kendi will be one of our speakers. She will be uh, carrying workshops as well. So you don't want to miss this event. This event is designed specifically for your growth and development and we have an impressive lineup of speakers to include Ms. Io Handy Kendi, and they will positively impact your self-love standing. So when we put all of this together, you will walk away with self-love first, self-love within, and a foundation upon which to grow. Because while I've learned self-love, I now will implement my breathology in it and I will participate in Black Love Day and move from there. So you can register for the event at drdcarol.com. The first 15 registrants will receive a 10% discount. So I look forward to hearing from you. I look forward to seeing you and allow me to leave you with Ezekiel 37.5, which says, this is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. Take care and be safe. Thank you for listening. I hope you found today's episode valuable and inspiring. Remember, you have the power to reinvent your past and revolutionize your future. If you want to continue on your journey towards emotional freedom and achieving your full potential, be sure to visit drdcarol.com. That's D-R-D-E-E-C-A-R-R-O-L-L.com for more resources and information. Again, Thank you for listening. And until next time, remember that quitting is not an option.